Hello, welcome back, episode 68. And this week I am joined by Mr. Jack Everson. Jack Everson is uh, a relatively new person in my world, new friend. We worked together in Panto and had such a marvellous time and had such a ruddy laugh. Um, I can't wait for you to meet him. Uh, we shared a dressing room and uh, lots of japes and japery and shenanigans um, and it was just uh, a joy to meet somebody who we had a similar sense of humour and uh, as you'll hear in the podcast we kind of just hit it off straight away it's really nice when you meet somebody in life and you just go oh yeah 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 and we shared a love of uh, all things uh, nighty night and uh, Abigail's party and that kind of world a slightly darker humour so yes um, I can't wait for you to meet Jack he's a he's a charming witty clever and very funny person as well as being a great actor so uh, I look forward to introducing you to him anyway um, welcome back and hello to listeners in all the new corners of the world I've, I can as I've said before I can always see when people are joining me from places far and wide and new um, so hello to people uh, you know who you are who've joined me and uh, clearly listening a lot so keep listening subscribe if you haven't and spread the word this is a place to come and listen to people just have a chin wag shoot the shit chew the cud and generally have a bit of a of a natter and uh, uh, a bit of a laugh um and hopefully try and forget all the woes of the world um though sometimes we talk about our own woes it's different woes than the ones you're reading about in the media so anyway thank you for joining me um, so yes, since we last spoke, I've been in Malta. Uh, me and my husband were in Malta, and it's an amazing place, stunning. Um, the city of Valletta, uh, gorgeous. Google Valletta if you haven't been to Malta or you've never seen pictures of Malta or not paid any attention. Google Valletta architecture, and you'll see what I mean. The streets are just gorgeous and very atmospheric, and yeah. So I fell in love with that place. Um, then there's the old city of Mdina, and it is spelled M-D-I-N-A, I believe. Um, and uh, it's the silent city. There are no cars there, and it's kind of a walled, a walled-in city. Um, and it's it's the ancient capital. It was the original capital before the letter of Malta, and it's stunning. And I want to have a property there. Um, had some lovely Instagram moments there. Please go and look at Instagram and my other social medias for further coverage. Um, yeah, loved it. And we went to an island just above called Gozo, which was 20 minutes on a ferry and stunning, stunning place. When we arrived in the harbour, I was completely gobsmacked. Um, the only thing I'd say is there are some sort of small cultural differences, I suppose. Um, just like the, uh, the people don't queue, don't feel the need to queue. It's just a free for all. And I guess that's a lot of places in the world. It just, you always forget when you come away from the UK that not everybody feels the need to stand in line. Uh, and sometimes it can get a little bit annoying um, when you have been queuing yourself and you and other people. And then, uh, but yeah, the small bugbears. Um, but generally, I had a wonderful time. And we had a couple of days where we could even be in T-shirts, which at this point in the UK is not, doesn't feel like that's anywhere near close. So uh, it was like uh, some couple of days were like summer and the rest were just really nice good spring nice warm spring days shall we say so uh generally had a lovely time go and discover malta um other recommendations i always do the recommendations for people who are new and listeners i always start with a bit of a chit chat before we meet the guest the friend the chatty um so this things i've been listening to as well 
things I've been watching. Um, so yeah, uh, recently I saw, uh, I, I taped it over Christmas while I was away. Taped it, V, v me. I didn't tape it, what do you call it? Anyway, on my Skybox, I, it had recorded a Dolly Parton documentary that I believe is now on, maybe on Netflix. Definitely was on iPlayer at one point. Anyway, um, and it's just, it's just great. It's just about her in her life um, and the music's that, music that's influenced her and people that have influ influenced her and places that have influenced her. Um, and it made me just go back and I just downloaded a load of Dolly albums um call me in a stereotypical but i don't mind i love it uh the best of dolly parton that's a good place to start obviously and then another album i love by hers that's growing ever more i'm growing ever more fond of i should say is called the grass is blue so those are dolly um up to something a little bit more up to date and down with the kids is an album by um a band called tame impala which i'm sure lots of people are aware of but their new album um called the slow rush it's not the full album released yet but you can get about five tracks of the album and i've pre-ordered it on itunes you could go and have a look tame impala as in a tame impala um there are two tracks that i'm particularly in love with one called borderline which is uh it's just a bit of a stomper and then it might be time which i think is a brilliant song and it's probably one of my favorite songs um i'm gonna say this year because this year is only early on in the last couple of years um so yeah uh, go and discover that also on a music tip um tom mish who i've talked about if you listen to this podcast regularly tom mish um and yusuf uh days yusuf days is a drummer and tom mish is one of my favorite singers and um just can't get enough of his first album um and this is a taster of the new album and the track is called what kind of music um and it's awesome i love it um so go and discover that and i suppose and oh yeah last last week's last week's last podcast podcast's guest joe condon lovely joe i went to see her show little boxes at the vaults festival and i can say if you'd get a chance to see it again if it's playing anywhere near you and uh, they get picked up for more dates go and see it joe as regular listeners will know is a lovely warm human being and uh went and saw the show and it was funny and emotional and um and poignant and yeah um i can only recommend it and as we discussed on the podcast, we did go out after the show and have a few drinks and uh, felt a little bit rough the next day, but it was great. So thank you again, Joe, for joining me on the podcast and uh, I hope to see you again soon for more fun and shenanigans. Um, then, yeah, finally, before we meet Jack, just two quick Netflix recommendations. Um, no, actually, I'm going to give you just one. There's one that I'm currently watching, Lock and Key, which is in the top 10 things watched on Netflix in the UK at the moment. Um, and it's it's keeping me gripped. I would say it's a bit like, I don't know, Stranger Things meets Sex Education, but with a much softer edge. It's much softer than both of those shows. It's not, uh, it's not as out there. Um, Keith, my husband, says that it could be suitable for children. I think it's a little bit more 
probably violent, too, a bit too violent for small children. But anyway, uh, enjoying that. Um, I guess to, to give you, uh, I'm just pulling up what they say about the show. Uh, lock and key. Following their father's murder, three siblings move into a house filled with reality-bending keys. And it's based on comics by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. And it's uh, a Canadian show. Um, and say it's it's for winter nights, while there still are winter nights, it's one to go and just dig yourself in and get cosy and, 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 and get involved. Um, and then finally, before we meet Jack, I do have to say, I know everybody's panicking and coronavirus, but can we just remember... And I just feel like I have an opportunity to say this. There's a lot of nonsense going on about it. Yes, we should take it seriously and people should wash their hands. People should always wash their hands and not sneeze on other people. But, I mean, I'm not a medical expert by any means, but it does sound, if you read the kind of baseline stuff, that it is it is like a, a flu virus. Um, and that more people in the US died of flu than probably were ever going to die of corona last year so i just think people need to I, I know it's silly thing and i just feel that sometimes people have to say it out loud let's not get ourselves too wound up by the media because there's so much to get wound up by um and i'm not going to mention the other things because they're political but sometimes it's just good to take a step back and just remember just be careful and you know we get we all get flu and colds and um, hopefully uh, the elderly and people who are a little bit more at risk that's the people we need to be concerned about but just you and I average Joe blogs I think we should stop worrying as much and I need to stay off Twitter and yeah <laughs> anyway anyway it's time for some fun and Mr Jack Everson so here we are here we finally are finally sitting down we plan to do this for the whole of December and we never got round to right. it and we get to do it now. We're doing it now. Yay. Um, and we'll be following it by sandwich and crisps. <laughs> um, uh, Jack doesn't really drink booze, so we're not doing a boozy no. lunch. I've got a squash here, though. I've got an orange <laughs> squash to keep me going. So, Jack Everson. Yes. Welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> um, let's just say, let's just explain. So, we know each other from Panto. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was the day when you were the villain. And I was lonely in a room, and you came and kept me company, <laughs> and we just had lots and lots of laughter. So over much laughter, and and created our own little world in that dressing room. Um, <laughs> so uh, many giggles. <laughs> so many giggles, along with the lovely Clemmy, calm lover, uh, our, our our lady who did, and she was part of the game. Yeah. Um, put up her, with us put up with us dressed as we the, shouted at her we shouted and screamed yeah. with, 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 with so much love with love and jovialness oh absolutely um, but yeah she's uh, part of the game but yeah it was wonderful mm. and thank you for making Christmas a lot more fun oh no thank you as well it was a good team effort and yeah, yeah. and also listeners if you want to go and look at reviews um, of Robin Hood Camberley Theatre, you will see that Jack Ellison <laughs> was the star of no. the show. Blew us all away. Um, but as no, did was, you. As was, did you. Thank you. But was it was was a was so much fun to watch in rehearsals Aww. as well. That's the thing. That's when you go, oh, it's funny and it's still funny, even though I'd seen things before, and it remained funny. 
And we got our time on stage together as well. We did. Would have been nice if we had more. Yeah, a little bit more would be nice. Maybe there's a future for that. Yeah, I think maybe there'll, there'll be places for us to do that down the line mm-hmm. in the world. The return of. <laughs> yes, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so that's how we know each other. And so it's not actually that long, no. really. I feel like I've known you a long time, mm-hmm. even though it's... It's that dressing room environment, isn't it? Oh, it is though, isn't it? Mm. It does make you feel like you've... I feel like I've known you for at least two years yeah we just clicked and yeah. got each other got each other same and wavelength. even though our humour's not exactly the same it's the same enough yeah and there compliments. is mutual lo- compliments and mutual love for Nighty Night oh my goodness and, Julia Davies um, yes Abigail's Party and that all the dark of, comedy yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. so and it remains <laughs> so it may happen as we go along I always do this just so you know I look at the, I look oh, okay. at the microphone so um, yeah, oh, I feel yeah. like it's the third person in the room, um, <laughs> and that's because I'm a lunatic. Um, so let's go back. First of all, back, 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 back. Where were you born and bred? So um, and why? No. And why? <laughs> <laughs> I am from West Wittering in West Sussex. West Wittering. Yes, down by the seaside. Very nice. Um, I was in fact born in London because I was three months premature. So oh. they did not have the facilities for me in Chichester. So oh. they rushed my mum up to the London hospital where I was born. And I could um, be fit in my father's hand. I was that small. Oh, my God. Yeah. So So how premature were you? Um, just over three months. I can't remember the weeks. But, yeah, it was very, very early for wow. the 1990. Back in the day yeah. when they hardly had incubators and the facilities, it was touch and go. Oh my god! Yeah, um, I was in the newspaper for um, resembling Winston Churchill. <laughs> so there's a, a nice newspaper cutting uh, of me looking like Winston Churchill as a baby. <laughs> so that's the begin. That was the, your first moment in the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. Your celebrity impersonations <laughs> as a three-month-old. From then on, it just didn't stop. My <laughs> didn't goodness, start? I don't know. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. So, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, so then, so you went to school? Yeah, there, went to school in, in West, West Wittering. Um, grew up there the whole time by the seaside, mm-hmm. uh, paddling in the sea, always. So li- nice, happy life, you enjoyed being there? As yeah, food? absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was quiet and safe. Not like, did you have a happy <laughs> I hope you have a happy <laughs> life, because we want a story, but no, but yeah, I'm Yeah, no, it was... Um, it was lovely growing up. I, I really, really appreciate it now as an adult, especially living in London. Mm. Um, I'll never forget that moment of, um, of of moving to London and having to lock the front door. I grew up my whole childhood never locking the front door wow. and just pushing it open and being by the seaside and, yeah, not understanding that luxury. Um, oh, my God. Mm. So it was all lovely and... Sailing, very picturesque. Oh yeah, yeah growing up, sailing all of that, and that's part of your yeah growing up. And so, and school was all right. Uh, school was fine actually. When I think about it, um, yeah, it was. I went to an all boys school as well in secondary school, um, and it had its ups and downs. Mm. I'm very short as a human being, so that <laughs> 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 to paint a picture for you, um, that that gave its it's troubles being short right and um i started ballet from the age of five so okay. yeah that's when it all I, I i held myself quite well with posture so that so did you go to ballet 
with that in mind, were you, were you sent there because you were small? <laughs> no, well, <laughs> we wanted to look taller so we could put that posture. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, um, I remember reading a book or a illustration and pointing at this hippopotamus doing a, a grand jeté leap. Mm. And apparently I said to my mum, oh, that, I want to do that, which is really interesting. I had a vivid, vivid memory of this hippopotamus right. um, doing this big leap. And she always used to say that that's what I did. I pointed and wanted to do that. So they took me to many ballet classes. And the funniest thing my father says is we went to about five taster classes. Um, and one of them, oh my goodness, I'll always remember one of them, they incorporated tap. So it's yeah. half ballet and half tap. And my ears couldn't cope with it. I couldn't comprehend why there was metal on these bits of shoes. Oh, really? It was just... It, it it troubled me somewhat and I was like no and I remember just hating it and looking at my mum wanting to get out so we we didn't sign up to that one but yeah we went to about five and my dad says it had to be you didn't it Jack that picked the most expensive class uh, why did you have to pick so yeah I've clearly got expensive taste. do you remember why you picked that one I mean um, so what so so let's just say mm, how old were you you were five five right, yeah okay can you remember that I could yeah. You've got less, very, less very. years. Um, yeah, I, I, re I remember being in the studio, and it was there were there were lights in the rig, and it was a big big space. Whereas the other ones were in like church halls or or little spaces. And I remember doing this ballet class, and the smell of the smell of the ballet shoes mm. and the music. It was a, a live pianist, mm -hmm. and just all those senses coming together and teacher was lovely and that I was the only boy so that was quite daunting but yeah I just remember it going oh this is this is beautiful mm. um so yeah from then from the age of five up until well now yeah I danced ballet so so was that your so was that your trajectory do you think that did you and your family think that you were going to be I'm a ballet that the ballet was going to be your like lead yeah oh, I don't know because because I I clearly enjoyed it yeah. and I see now as a as a parent or as a, not not me as a parent <laughs> no way am wow. I a parent no <laughs> nothing to tell you no um <laughs> as an adult I can see how and as a teacher as well I can yeah. see how that would have been quite exciting and reassuring for a parent to see their son or their child enjoy something such mm. as ballet um, and not be and not be put off by it because he was a boy so yeah and I'm very grateful for my for my mum and for my dad's continuous support in that mm. um, did you find that that you choosing that had any repercussions elsewhere like in school or with family members who were like you're a boy doing ballet. Did that ever become that, a thing? Yeah. In, within the family, it didn't. Right. Um, not that I recall. My sister, um, my elder sister was in the ballet um, and she'd done bits with Wayne Sleep as well. So, oh, right. and, and my dad had done um, crewing and stuff on some of her ballet shows. So it had always been within the family, that, right. that element. And I never, I never recall my siblings ever picking on me outside of family school and stuff yeah so going back to obviously the posture and yeah. nobody knew in secondary school that I did ballet 
I um yeah I I made sure that no one knew about it. Um, oh. Just because. How just, did you keep it? How did you keep it secret? Because uh, you'd have to disappear. Yeah. To do things. Um, it didn't creep into school because it would. It, it, the ballet classes were after school. Right. So, um, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't get in the way of that, and I just didn't. I just didn't talk. To, I. It's weird now as an adult going. Oh my god! As if I just didn't talk about that to right. anyone at school, but I guess it was a coping mechanism because in the media and it, it, there was that taboo of boys doing ballet mm. um, so that's clearly why I felt like it wasn't appropriate to talk about it um, right. and I remembered I do remember changing my posture at school because you'd get the odd the odd comment like oh are you gay and I always questioned that I was, was like no no I'm not yeah, I didn't understand yeah, yeah. I never understood why why they would say that and and again, as an adult, I go, well, Jack, it wasn't really just your posture, was it? Your your voice <laughs> and, right. and my my mannerisms and, and the way I conduct myself is a lot different to how I conduct myself at school mm-hmm. because I've I've grown, I've blossomed, I've found myself more so. So did you feel that you, so you felt, did you feel like you were having to hold back yourself, you, you as a person at school a bit? I guess so, yeah. yeah. I never, but I never truly thought it's like about therapy, it. Basically. Yeah, it therapy. really is. It was twenty five quid in the end of the hour. God, yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah, I just, I, I really recall changing my posture, and my mum and dad would, would always have a go at me. Pull your shoulders back. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. But as soon as I was in that ballet class, I would, I would switch it back on. Mm. But I was very conscious of of that, and even, but even now as a, as an adult people comment on my posture and say oh you hold yourself well oh, and yeah you do so yeah, I do yeah thinking about it now, yeah you do definitely do so maybe I was naturally born with great posture <laughs> that comes from being a premature baby, Winston Churchill yeah. a Winston Churchill premature baby <laughs> somehow you knew to, de- to, to defy the Winston Churchill look yeah you needed to great posture just to posture to stand up straight I guess and always, always trying to reach up and be taller yeah that's going to yeah, give yeah, you yeah. the Superb posture that I have. So then that led you mm. from school. So let's so from that from this point, yeah. from being five and six and going into ballet and going through school. When did it start to become a serious consider? I mean, it sounds like it was a serious consideration, pretty quickly. Mm. But when did uh, you going Make on that switch? Yeah, yeah. So as well as ballet, I'd um, learnt the piano. And was doing the piano from the age of six. Um, Again, I don't, I don't recall how that one came up. I think I must have played, or from the ballet, from the music, and and my mum and dad wanting to link that in, maybe. Yeah. But I, I found a natural passion for that, um, and an enjoyment for that. Oh right. So did um, you do like grades and everything? Yeah, oh, I got okay. to grade four. Um, I was never very academic at school, so I guess. Absolutely. And I'm very severely dyslexic, and my mother was a teacher, um, so I guess they would have seen, oh, okay, he's not going to go down the academic route. Let's discover the creative arts, mm. which I'm so so grateful for, mm. so grateful mm-hmm. for, um, because I know many many families are not so encouraging at all. No. Um, so yeah, very very yeah, lucky now, with that. Yeah. Um, but the switch came from 
doing lots of ballet and then joining a, a little theatre school on a Tuesday evening and I remember being petrified and my, <laughs> my, my father literally pushed me through the door and there's me, I could do ballet till the day is long but suddenly I was doing this other art mm, form mm-hmm. and it was Grease the Musical. Yeah. Um, and Are you playing Rizzo? <laughs> smoking away. <laughs> <laughs> um, I played Vince Fontaine um, and I'd come into the rehearsals oh. quite late and I think it was the second week and the, the teacher was said, oh, here's the script, this is the part. And I was very bamboozled mm. because I felt bad because some of these kids had never done a part and they were looking at me and I wanted to be their friends, but they were like, why are you playing that part? And I was like, I don't know, I've just been given it. <laughs> I guess it was because I was a boy. Because I can stand up straight. <laughs> With great posture. <laughs> no, I think it was, well, no, I know it was because I was a boy. Right. Um, and boys in this industry are so, so few. So they must have thought, hurrah, hurrah. Mm, mm-hmm. um, saying that it was such a lie that Greece was not my first show. I, okay. The family, we'd done pantos um, as a family. Um, my mum was in the pantos. My dad d- did all the the curtain pulling. Um, right, where's the local? In... Yeah, right. in, um, oh my goodness, what was it? Siddlesham. Siddlesham right. players. Right. Um, and every Christmas we would do panto. And my first, first, first role was um, the dragon in Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> Puff the magic dragon. And I'd come on stage with this paper mache um, dragon head. Yeah. And I remember the audiences laughing their heads off. And I always was confused why. No one told me why they were laughing. Oh, and no. I thought, I thought it was, I knew it was a good thing that they were laughing yeah. because mum had reassured me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I did it. But again, as an adult, I reflect and go, it's because they were building up to be a big dragon. And on comes this little premature short boy singing Puff the Magic Dragon oh, um, okay. <laughs> sweetly. Yeah. Um, so that's why they laughed. Not because I looked weird. <laughs> so yeah, so I keep telling myself. <laughs> keep telling myself that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So pantos actually as a family, which was quite nice and That's um, amazing that you had that as a family thing. So. Yeah, but but neither my mum. My mum was a teacher, mm. and my dad an architect. Mm. So they don't come from that world. Um, but they were never pushy. Mum was never, 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 never pushy. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I see lots of pushy parents as a teacher. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I regret them not being pushy. I would have loved to right. have maybe been pushed a bit more. Um, but yeah. But so it allowed you to make your own own choices. choices yeah. And... So growing up and then doing shows at school and and, and carrying on the ballet um, and then getting to. So you're doing like theatre. So you're doing ballet classes and theatre after school. Yeah, and piano and music. Okay. Yeah, so Saturday was a busy day full of ballet, um, and Dad could do the Tesco shop, <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out well. And yeah, so it got got to GCSE level for picking your GCSEs, and I will never forget my mum at the options evening. Bearing in mind, obviously, I'm at an all boys school. Mm. She's wanting me to um, to do dance GCSE, and the girls' school is right next door. And um, she's she's tell, telling this person, well, he could go next door and do dance GCSE. And I'm sitting there shaking my head like, 
absolutely mm-hmm. adamant that that's not going to happen. I thought that would be social suicide mm-hmm. if I go across the playground to the girls' school to do GCSE dance. I thought, Mum, what are you doing? Yeah, um, this is madness. And she was, God bless her, she was so thinking about me and and on reflection again, how lovely that she she was so supportive and she wanted she didn't care about that. She just wanted me to do what I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, but such were the social restraints. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, you're in school. Mm-hmm. This is happening. Yeah. You're still ma- maintaining a distance from ballet as far as your social circle is concerned. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And at what point... Okay, so now you've pretty much all your time is spent doing theatre and yeah. dance and music, creative mm. stuff. So which is the point where... You, where What was the point where you said... Or your, you and your family said, mm. right, this is a career now. So when did it kind of become more than the main hobby? More, yeah, of course. Yeah. So a big thing ha- for me happened at the turning point is my mum getting cancer and her passing away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big, big shake-up, of course. Yeah. Because um, she was... A, not a pushy mum but she was the driving force she knew about auditions she helped me with things she was critical she was helpful all mm-hmm. of this and suddenly suddenly she's gone yeah and my father wants me to do my A-levels and do do really well because he's being a father and, and wants the best for me and and doesn't know that world so much as, as what my mum did and I wanted to go to the Brit school. Right. Um, I really, I, because I knew I'd done all the shows and I was like, I really want to do this. And that was, and then with mum passing, I was like, I'm not going to be able to do that anymore because I don't have that, that person. And, and, and dad was, and is very supportive, but I get it. He wanted me to get qualifications. He wanted me to survive in this mm, world. Mm-hmm. So I had to do my A-levels and I remember resenting him a lot for that. And right. I never said anything and it's nothing too too major but I really wanted to go there because that was the world that I thought I belonged in mm-hmm. um, so yeah and then I did an audition for Carousel at the Chichester Festival Theatre to be in the children's ensemble and it was big big mm. thing and, and I got it mm-hmm. and it was amazing and it's something I'll always cherish and it was the best summer of 2006 doing that show how old I was um, 15 um, turning 16 doing my GCSEs as well as doing a whole summer season at Chester Festival Theatre in Carousel and we it was incredible it was magical and that was the turning point for me surrounding myself with those with the adult cast and going this is what I want to do this world this environment this is incredible I want to be like these adults uh-huh. that are dancing, that are singing, that are telling stories. Yeah. I, I want to do that. I feel I feel at home. I feel in a safe bubble. And maybe my mum's passing had a lot to do with that because mm. one seeks for security and comfort. And I found a family. And like we all do, we find a family in theatre. Yeah. It's a, it's a really lucky place to be. So that was the turning uh, point. Wow. Yeah, so because I mean, obviously we talked in the dressing room about mm. stuff, but yeah, I didn't realize the timing of that 
kind of the two two major life yeah. things happening at the same time and tying up possibly. Yeah. Um, so from from performing in Chichester, what was the what was the next? After that, step? it was um, I joined West Sussex Youth Theatre yeah. and started to take things even more serious because I'd done all my ballet classes in the evening, like we said, mm. um, and it was I was ready to take the next step. Or mm-hmm. I remember seeking, and I had to find that all on my own because m- Mum would have would have found that. So it was that growing of independence and. I'm so grateful for both my mum and dad for for not spoon feeding me um, and if it's something you want to do you've got to go out and, and do it and work it out yourself mm-hmm. especially with this industry you can't be spoon fed mm-hmm. um, because it's it's tough and even when mum was alive she, I remember her telling me that this is it's a hard hard life mm. you don't do it for the money there is no money in it you do it for the love and the passion mm and I stand by that yeah mm-hmm. and I've seen lots of lots of friends come and go because they don't realise that it's not it's not financially stable and, and it isn't um, but the passion the for passion the 2% us. yes it's fine <laughs> yeah of yeah, course those, those literally joyous. I think it is something like that isn't it it's like 2 or 3% mm. if that yeah of us mm. us um, so yeah so then so you're dealing with a lot of stuff. Yeah. On like you say, you even. I mean, you know, you said your dad was supportive, but mm. dealing with finding your own way into theatre, plus dealing with your own grief. Yeah. At the same time, that's a lot for a brain to, yeah. especially a young brain. Oh, absolutely! And finding myself and where I fit and mm. and what I want to do and so yeah, joining West Sussex Youth Theatre was was a nice turning point and meeting like-minded people that weren't just in ballet weren't the girls and with the ballet bands and the tutus it was these these actors these singers these people that are taking it seriously like Mm. i am and and doing shows and yeah so when did singing Mm. and when singing and acting become kind of of a passion yeah that around that time around the carousel time right because I'd had private singing lessons um, when I started doing the shows from year seven to year nine. Yeah. Um, but it was seeing those performers, those actors, and going, wow. Yeah. Storytelling is more than just movement. Whereas yeah. lots of people do it the other way. They do the singing and they do the acting and then they regret not ever dancing because they, they're like, oh, I can't move. And mm-hmm. maybe it's helped me maybe it's stifled me but storytelling through the body is so important so then being able to do it with the voice mm. just comes as second nature I assume because yeah. you are quite no, no, I'm just thinking you're quite physical mm. in, in, in the stuff you do even as the comedy that you were doing in pantomime <laughs> but a lot of it thinking back now and thinking of the way of you moving around the way you where your character moved about the stage was kind of it wasn't just random going with your heart mm. I feel like maybe it was but it it seemed not thought through but I was um, aware of my body yeah but in, in, in a way that made yeah yeah because um, it wasn't you 
didn't walk, you didn't walk like you. Mm. And there's a lot of actors who would be doing that role who would just be possibly just giving us a voice <laughs> and not. And and just the stuff that you using, like using the couch <laughs> and moving yourself around the stage on the couch, which a lot of people wouldn't have necessarily thought. And I know it's, but I think that must help mm. actually having that grounding because that stuff then things like physical comedy can also you can that that grounding that basis in dance must help all that as well yeah subconscious just, just thinking i'm seeing it now yeah subconscious that's interesting yeah so yeah so you wanted to go to the brit school i wanted to go to the brit school i didn't i did my a levels um and one of those was business studies um i didn't do business studies gcse so i was already 95 steps behind everyone in that oh a level class and it was so academic and I remember just it not making any sense and I that summer before I did the exam a little side note I'd auditioned for back in the day it's called E4 School of Performing Arts it was a series that E4 had done oh yes 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 yeah. and um, again it was very like the fame school very uh, yeah. that era and and I remember E4 doing it and I thought oh my goodness wow this is what I want to do. So I've, I've done, obviously now I'm in my A-levels, I'm a bit older yeah. and knowing full well that's what I wanted to do. So I applied for it. I auditioned, I got recalled, I got all the way down to the finals. I enjoyed the whole like filming process of it. Mm. And I remember sitting in my business studies exam and my dad will be so angry if he ever listens to this. I, I just didn't bother with it. Right. I wrote in the, the the um the exam sheet E four School of Performing Arts I'm going <laughs> so so oh cringe wow. because I just I remember sitting in there going I don't want to do this I don't want to be writing mm. about stakeholders and mm-hmm. silent partners and things that just bamboozled me again yeah 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 and I just remember E four School of, so that examiner that must have marked mine <laughs> and it came it came back as a an E, not even a U. So I must have written something, something. that worked. Um, I think they were just being nice, weren't they? Um, giving me an E, and I remember saying to my dad, "Well, Dad, I tried." <laughs> and um, wow, I, yeah, I tried. So I obviously didn't do that for the second year, and I so understand why Dad wanted me to do business studies now because I am a business. Well, yeah, 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 and I'm fuming yeah. at my younger self. But we've got to we've got to go through those things, because actually I did learn quite a bit on that one year business studies A level thing I did. Well, yeah. Now you're using it in life, and yeah. you've got as well as you say you we as individuals are a business, mm. but also you've got a business. Yeah, yeah. So and being <laughs> which you probably didn't plan to do. No, absolutely. So, so yes, that stuff probably does help you actually. It does. Um, an advantage over a lot of people. Mm. Um. So yeah, so God, right. I think we should have a little min- a miniature break, Ooh, a little snack um, break for a snack break, and we'll come back and we'll talk about when you came out. Indeed, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst discovering yourself as a performer, mm-hmm. um, at what point? And this is probably way before all this, but at what point did you feel that you realised that you were you were the other? Mm. So another and yeah. another. Hmm. I again I'd grown up and 
never never considered it um i had girlfriends and speaking with lots of friends now they say oh i had a girlfriend but i always knew and like it was just a lie and all of this but there was never a point oh your friends knew yeah oh no sorry sorry i talk i talk of my friends in my friendship circles now that i speak of their experiences but um when i was growing up i had my girlfriends but i never remember thinking oh i'm I'm doing this to fit in or i'm doing this because i have to or Mm. i'm not enjoying this Mm. i loved my girlfriends Mm. i i never had nothing ever felt forced which always i always question because i'm i think was it forced and i was just suppressing it or am i just like that and i think i am just like that Mm -hmm. um yeah many friends many friends say oh no i i just did it to fit in right um so yeah i had girlfriends up until 17 18 oh, okay and then yeah i met a guy and i'd never even thought of even kissing a guy um really up so the, up the until age of then, 18 yeah. yeah wow okay i'd never considered it as as something mm. and not because it was taboo mm-hmm because you were in a safe yeah, I was, environment. Yeah, and and I try and think about this. My home life, it was like being gay was never a bad thing, but it was never a good thing. Right. It was just never spoken about. But it, I try. Was it brushed under the carpet? I don't know. And it's one thing I'll I'll never know. Was did my mum know? Would she be okay with it? Yeah. Um. And. I'm okay with that now as as a nearing 30 year old that's that's fine um I'm sure she would have been happy with it um mm. but it did it did plague me for when I met this guy and and we kissed and I just remember thinking oh my goodness I I'd never even thought of doing this and this feels nice mm. this feels good just like it does when I kiss a girl mm. um so I explored that and yeah it just kind of snowballed from there really and then with regarding to coming out i it's a funny story i was on holiday with my two good friends and they joked and said um you're not allowed back into um the bedroom until you come out to your dad and i was like oh how very funny very funny and it was raining it wasn't sunny so we were a bit bored mm. and um, I was like, oh, you can let me in now. And they were like, no, no, you're not allowed in until you come out to your dad. So obviously now on reflection, it's funny, but at the time I was like, guys, stop being silly. Come on. Mm. They were like, no, no. Um, and I am thankful for them doing that because it would have, I don't know how it would have done. So I remember saying to my dad, I was on the balcony and I just I remember going, dad, I, I want to speak to you about this is over the phone no this is so we're a, a family home in Spain oh right and, oh, um, right. yeah and it had been a bit turbulent and I was seeing a guy at the time we'd been together for about a year and um, that's why my friends obviously felt that it was I was in a good situation to be able to do it and mm-hmm. I just remember saying dad I, I want to speak to you about something <laughs> my my dad was so unaware of what was about to come out of my mouth and he was he was like look 
if it's about dinner, you can choose what we have for dinner. It's fine. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, and I was like, mm, no, no, it's it's not it's about a bit like choosing dinner. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> and he was he didn't get it. And um, I said, oh, should we go and sit by the pool? So we went and sat by the pool, and um, and I was sitting there and I was looking up at the balcony. My two friends are like sneaking and looking at the bal- off the balcony and I'm by the pool with my dad and I remember sitting there for about 20 minutes just looking at him going I I I and he was like what is it what is it and I just said I'm gay mm. and he went oh oh is that it <laughs> I thought it was something important uh. like <laughs> you'd got someone pregnant or you'd killed someone oh is that it <laughs> I went, yes, yes, this is a big thing. He went, well, as long as you're happy, that's the main thing. That's, and wow. I just was... But the biggest thing for me was, because my father and I had become so close after my mum dying, mm. I didn't want to ruin that relationship because I'm the youngest of my siblings. Right. And they're all much, much older than I am. So I didn't I didn't want to ruin, ruin that. And I yeah. thought, me being gay and me keeping that secret from him, from him was going to ruin that and it didn't he was totally fine about mm. it totally fine about it um yeah so that was me coming so it was, out it was and i was allowed back into the bedroom <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so all your friends are people in the about to be or in the business yeah and then your family so it kind of that's well so without complications mm, yeah there was it was a nice transition comparing to a lot of a lot of other people so again mm. I'm very thankful and I consider how lucky I am for that um my siblings um my siblings were fine with it my brother was a bit funny with it and yeah I was I was a bit sad about that at the beginning, mm. but I just said, "Well, that's his journey that he's got to go on. I'll be there for when he comes through, and he's come through, so that's nice." Right. Um. But my sisters, they're they're lovely about it. Yeah. They love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was me coming out. Um. So I want to go back to mm-hmm. in a minute. Go back to going through college and everything, but just while we're on the subject. Tell me about your first time going into a into a gay space, whether it was a gay club or whatever it was, and how it made you feel. Ooh. And how long after was this before the coming out to your father? Or was this all sort of this? During? So the gay space would have been it would have been heaven, right? In London, the nightclub. Do you remember what what night it would have oh been? What the club was called? It, gosh, this I know it's, it's, yeah. it's a random thing, but I just a lot of people have different experiences of heaven as what heaven used to be, what heaven mm-hmm. is now, what heaven is probably when you came out, and it's just that just it's, it's part of it's such a part of London's history, yeah. gay history, that people have experienced it in very many different ways, and I just that's why I asked that. Of course, question. yeah. Um, it would have been a Friday or a Saturday night, right, and. So camp attack. Or yeah. Just, it was a busy night and I went with my best friend and 
he I can't remember if he had been there before or not or we just stumbled upon it or it, we just arrived we were there we right. were present surrounded by like-minded fun human beings and a place where we felt safe and accepted uh-huh. and my experience of going out had been small town pubs and West Sussex and everyone knows everyone mm-hmm. and suddenly and suddenly nobody knew anyone mm-hmm. and it was just really cool mm-hmm. and the music and the different types of music in all the different rooms mm-hmm. and just running around like a playground mm-hmm. and even now as an adult when I go out I never go out to pull you have the friends that it's a mission that's what they want to do yeah, they yeah. have the one goal sure. to to kiss someone but yeah. I don't know like it would be nice for that to be an occasion once but but for me going out is always a celebration of just being with lovely people and and making memories yeah. why spend all that time getting ready and making yourself pretty and then just standing and doing nothing yeah 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 that's 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 where I come from it yeah, and that's interesting because mm. that it's funny because you say that and it's something that I talk to lots of people about and mm. I've talked to people older than me younger than me younger than you kind of across the board and the experiences and the reasons people go out to gay places changes all the time through mm. decades and for me it had to be both because this was the time back in the day <laughs> that going out was a to meet like-minded individuals mm. which was definitely felt like much more part of it but alongside that was also that you might meet somebody and have a snog mm. or whatever and that was the only way you could meet people because yeah. this is before all the swiping all the swiping and all that stuff and even before gaydar and any of that it was that was the only way you could meet yeah so you went out it's, it's funny that you'd kind of want to do both mm. and sometimes you'd make friends in that process yeah and I don't know if it happens now so much I don't know I don't yeah. know because I mean have you made friends out would you say you've ever made friends out in a in a in a club oh absolutely yeah. oh there you go so I'm renowned for it I'll, I will speak to anyone and because because I haven't got that goal of finding myself a partner or snogging the most beautiful person because that's not at the forefront of my mind I just I'm a people person mm. and we have a joke in my friendship circle of I'll always end up kissing a girl or right. making friends with a girl or chatting to a group of people and they're like, Jack, come on, we're going home. And I'm like, no, right. no. Um, because I just want to make memories and, yeah. and meet all these other human beings that yeah. are in this world, this community of ours that are, that are just there for the same, re- well, my naivety maybe, the same reason of just going out and forgetting. It, it's my escapism that yeah. I give to people when they come to the theatre, I guess. Mm-hmm. And maybe I've just thought of that there and then. But yeah, yeah. And I read. I, I mean, I haven't been out in the last. I haven't been out for six months. <laughs> sure. Um, it, it it happens. It dwindles, and sometimes you go out out more and whatnot. But yeah, going out has always been my 
my escapism. Mm, mm-hmm. Just, I'll have one Malibu and cranberry. <laughs> Specifically <laughs> Malibu, Specific- and Malibu and cranberry. So if, if, if listeners, if you do run into Jack Everson in your travels, on your travels, then you know that's the drink to buy. But yeah. <laughs> very, very butch Malibu and cranberry. Brilliant. Um, helps with the cystitis. And you oh, there you go. No bloating. <laughs> <laughs> I love that cystitis comes the first <laughs> thing that comes to mind. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> just making friends with people and stories and memories and yeah, friends that I've met on a night out or on friends on Facebook and yeah, yeah, little community and yeah. We need to do that because mm. we've been out in yeah. Camberley, but. Uh, you know that's limited yeah, indeed we, we do, do need there. to do a, a London outing yeah and you've, 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 you've met some of the locals in Blackheath mm, very nice and they've really loved you um, <laughs> but yes we need to go out and you need to oh, uh, yeah but it sounds like you won't be around for long you're too busy <laughs> making new friends oh I'm not I'm not say. that bad no, no, but, but it's yeah. lovely to no I, 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 I appreciate that I think that's a good healthy <laughs> way to be if you're going to go out and yeah. just cling <laughs> but um Okay, so heaven. heaven. Um, so yeah, so so you're going to heaven and things are and life's discovering Soho. Discovering Soho, yeah, yeah, right, and okay. having a great time. So that happened, and then yeah, I auditioned for drama school. Uh, this, so yeah, well, yeah. So then you auditioned. So you auditioned for where you went. Yeah, I went to Bird. Yes, Bird College yeah. for my sins. Yeah. Um, auditioned other places as well uh-huh. um, they offered me a scholarship dangled it like a carrot in front of me uh, um, right. so that was a joy for me and obviously a joy to my father yeah. because the scholarship meant that he didn't have to do anything yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. again that's, that's brilliant, that's brilliant. news um, so yeah embarked on my three years of training and that was you started there what year was this this was 2010 I started okay, okay. Um, started in 2010 and I was the oldest and the shortest in my year <laughs> and the youngest was the tallest in our year Charlie oh, really? he was six foot four right and I am five foot six <laughs> on a good day <laughs> it's fine um, yeah so being the oldest in my year I guess and gone going through what I'd gone through in my life, I guess I was a lot more grounded than the majority of my year. Yeah. So that set me apart from a lot of them already. And that's fine. It's fine. Mm. I didn't do the halls experience because I'd already lived away from home for a year before I went to drama school with because I'd joined a theatre company and toured round. So I'd done the living away from home. Right, okay. So yeah. Quite well, so just sorry. You did that. Yeah, well. so I did finish my A levels, didn't go to Brit. That's yeah. fine, did that. Then auditioned for drama schools, didn't get in. Um the feedback I got from um Arts Ed was just have some more life experience. Right. I think to myself, more life experience. <laughs> yeah, what else can I call oh, my goodness? What do you want me to do? Climb Mount Everest. Yeah. yeah so, so I took their advice um and moved to Guildford. Yeah. Um, for the year and joined a company called Peer Productions. Right. Um, and spent a year living in Guildford. Um, this is an interesting thing, actually. But So I hadn't come out by this time, by this point. I wasn't out. 
um, I'd kissed a guy so I was exploring but I didn't know I wasn't in the place to to fully to fully say that I am gay mm -hmm. um, so yeah I'd moved to Guildford and the landlords were called Kevin and Kevin and Brilliant. I'd found them on spareroom.com when I was looking for digs and um, but I didn't know that they were a couple at the, at the start because I was talking to Kevin but I just assumed that one was that he was called Kevin yeah I hadn't put two and two together anyway so my father and I went for a viewing and um, they cooked spaghetti bolognese uh -huh. and the house was beautiful uh -huh. this huge house in the countryside in Guildford um, with its own gate um, a pond in the front garden massive massive back garden two dogs two cats conservative like it was just yeah, huge yeah. and um, turning up to this house and had a, a walk around the house and the room that I would be staying in was beautiful and had my own bathroom just off it Perfect. it was lovely and I remember sitting down for um, for dinner and it dawned on me that these two gentlemen were talking about a holiday in Thailand <laughs> I thought oh that's nice that the neighbour went to Thailand <laughs> and, uh, and it, the more they're talking and uh, then the hand goes on top of the hand uh, and I was like oh, oh my goodness mm. they're a couple they're called Kevin and Kevin they're a couple I'm sitting at this table with my father oh my goodness oh my goodness I, I was just yeah. mortified mortified and um, I just remember thinking oh my goodness and my dad was just eating spaghetti bolognese like nothing had happened right and I'm there just conversing and all of this and yeah and then we had a, a, another tour after dinner or something and yeah. in the utility there was calendar and it was just topless men right uh -huh. I remember seeing that at the corner of my eye and went oh my goodness what does my dad think I'm doing mm -hmm. I literally just but he was, was not even bothered he just yeah. straight over like just wasn't <laughs> and I remember getting in the car and going the naivety of it I went oh my goodness dad I didn't realize they were a couple I thought it was his neighbor did you know and he went yeah really I went, yeah, I'm a man of the world, Jack. I knew, like, <laughs> it's obvious. Do you not see the photo frames? I was like, no, I just thought that was friends going on holiday. He was like, yeah. And was so blasé about it. Mm. And now I look back and go, oh, maybe he did know and that was his way of mm -hmm. of, of telling me that Same. was okay. But yeah, yeah. I was so consumed with, oh, my goodness, am I going to be living with Kevin and Kevin? Like, <laughs> what's going on? And it's like a sitcom Kevin yeah and Kevin. Kevin, and Kevin and that was a journey so I yeah and that's where I met lots of friends <sighs> and funny. discovered so yes yeah, so you did so you, you you worked for a theatre company and mm. travelled with a theatre company yeah whilst living in Guildford yeah and you had this so it was like a, a year like out a gap year a gap yeah. year in Guildford yeah and, that, and, and I guess I discovered more of my acting then which I now speaking out loud understand yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Life experience of, of really truly finding that the acting, yeah, um, and and the discipline of that and the expectation and the demand, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So that was that was great, and then, and then and then and then it was three years at slogging at slogging at Bird yeah. College. Bird College. I I 
hated it. Oh, there we go. There we go. Done. <laughs> no more said on it. No, I, I value the training I got, and I appreciate the little nuggets of information I got, but the institution itself is abysmal, um, terrible, um, and not healthy. Things in what may, way? And... Um, it's a bubble. Uh, everyone will say, I'm sure, that, oh, well, you know, that's like everywhere, it's a bubble, but it's run so badly. Right. Um, well, it was back in my day, um, and it was just so political and such a bubble, and they sell the, the dream of triple threat training. Mm-hmm. We danced every single day. We did an hour of acting a week. Um, oh, and okay. no one-to-one oh, singing. Uh, oh, okay. Now this is obviously back in twenty ten to twenty thirteen. Yeah. And I've known. Oh, sorry, pardon me. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> he's burping and hiccuping now. <laughs> everywhere. It's the <laughs> thought of Bird College making me want to <laughs> vomit everywhere. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> no. So this is back in the day. Yeah. And they've changed a lot. I've heard. Um, on the grapevine that they they've split it into musical theatre and dancing which is mm-hmm. absolutely joyous and what they should have done a long time ago um, we were the last small year um, of I think about 70 of us lots of people have dropped out by the third year um, but now dare I say there's 215 people in a year group wow that's a for for those for, for listeners who, who who don't, yeah, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. People who haven't don't understand the drama school. That is a hell of a lot. Yeah, you don't do that. That's for not a one thing. year. It's yeah, because you can only focus mm-hmm. like anything, like any kind of training. You can only focus. Wow. Okay. Two hundred. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot. And it's purely for money mm-hmm. because they've had a new building built, and it's just really diluted their reputation mm-hmm. which I think is a big shame I think they got greedy not right. I think I know they got greedy yeah. because and that's how they're being perceived in the industry as well right. yes the training and the technical training from Bird is, is stunning and mm-hmm. I can't fault that my leg doesn't go to my um, ear it doesn't do that um, that's not what I offer mm. and it wasn't until second year when I got one of the leads in the second year musical which was um, pajama game uh-huh. Vernon Hines mm-hmm. and um, teachers would come up to me after seeing the the second year show going oh, wow oh that's why you're here <laughs> yeah that's and I just remember thinking obviously I didn't at the time but I just my internal monologue was what? Mm-hmm. How dare you say that's so rude. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, that's why you're here. And I just, it really got my back up. Yeah, absolutely understand that. And um, yeah, so I just knuckled down and made friends with the, the voice teachers and the acting teachers because I knew that to have longevity in this crazy world, that that was such a key, a key thing. And mm-hmm. lots of people in my year wouldn't go to voice class. They wouldn't go to the acting classes. They'd skip it. But there wouldn't be any. There wouldn't be any repercussions. But if you oh, missed yeah. a ballet class, if you missed a commercial class or a tap class, yeah. you would get ridiculed for it. 
so th- my balance wasn't it didn't work well with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got angry at the fact that I would, if I didn't go to a, a tap class, then I would get disciplined. But mm-hmm. Joe Bloggs didn't go to a voice class, it didn't get spoken about. Mm. And yeah, it's kind of, I'm kind of glad that they didn't go to the voice class because it meant I had more one to one time and I managed to get a lot more out of those lessons mm-hmm. and, and little nuggets and. I just soaked it up like a sponge mm-hmm. and I, for that I'm really really grateful really grateful for those tutors and that insight that they gave me and told me to keep pushing and, and keep on that path and do what you're doing and yeah. yeah in this in this process then so you've gone from lots of dance mm-hmm. to wanting to do more singing and acting um because now I know I mean I'm going to jump into the to the the right now this year yeah. and the conversa- conversations we've had and you saying that your 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 passion is growing still growing mm. for doing straight theatre yeah yeah and ladies and gentlemen when I say straight theatre <laughs> I don't mean straight in sexuality just because <laughs> um, you know what I mean but is as in as in with that no musical involved absolutely um and so what from 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 then to now why has that changed why do you feel that passion has grown more i know you still want obviously musicals are still there and very much shut the door on that no no. um and ladies and gentlemen look at um jack's show reel um because i saw a bit of something he's put on it recently have you got have you got that on there uh i haven't put it online online yet but maybe it will be soon maybe one day mr social media by the way you're, you're <laughs> yeah 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 well, you can, follow me on instagram yeah well, no, no, you get to, you get to sell yourself all over that um but yes yeah, so from from that point mm. being there being disappointed to going through musicals and still as you say you still haven't shut the door on that and you still love that mm-hmm. but to kind of feeling your way into into more theater uh-huh without music yes so how's why has that changed why do you think is it just that exploration maybe it's a maturity of of understand understanding um, (laughs) a maturity of understanding the joy of just purely the acting element Mm. maybe I just did too much dancing right um well, that's interesting that you yeah. yeah, the overkill. It's I, when it comes down to the acting, it's such a happy place, and something I love exploring characters and exploring all of the avenues that create create the the pieces and yeah that I get more of a thrill mm-hmm. than I do stretching my legs and pointing right my feet. sure it's a it's a deeper connection that i just think is yeah is really and like we spoke about before because i have that physical background mm. to then layer on the top as and when it's needed i think is a great little sprinkle of of something but yeah absolutely connecting to the text and going back to the text and and exploring that is just so exciting. Because mm-hmm. you was it last year that um, or the year before you Shakespeare kind yeah. of the just, fall you performed in, in King Lear and King Lear. I've I've always loved 
that and I've always loved Shakespeare and I didn't get a chance to explore that at Burr College mm. but I was thankful with West Sussex Youth Theatre we did a lot of Shakespeare work and mm. I had a good teacher at school not a brilliant English teacher and that's my bugbear of of English teachers teaching Shakespeare really badly and yeah, something that yeah, I am it boring. yeah something mm-hmm. I'm trying to do now as as a freelancer and making Shakespeare fun mm-hmm. absolutely because what he can achieve within 10 lines is stunning and the 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 imagery and everything and and exploring text and mm. how cool is that that we get to be that vessel of yeah of story so if you could choose to be in any any role in any Shakespeare now what would it be sorry it's off the top of your head yeah first thing that comes to mind without putting too much but like I blame you for this go on Iago (laughs) yay so you've yeah yeah. I've gone away and I've it's so far far in the distance and it's yeah but wow what a role Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, yeah, listeners, if you don't know, just have a little Google of that um, and you'll, it'll make sense. Because I, yeah, I, I, we had a conversation about it in the dressing room, one of our dressing room conversations, <laughs> and it was about that. And I said, oh, I can see, and made, gave you that as a suggestion, and yeah. now you've look. It's good. Ah, oh, fabulous. It'll happen. Okay, I'm looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> in the next two years. Okay, yeah. We've got two years to, to get to that point. Okay. That whip. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and because we don't want to um, poo-poo and avoid musicals, mm. what if you could choose any role? And I think I know what you're going to say, <laughs> but um, what, who would it be? What role in a musical? I would be lying if I said anything else. So it would be Bok in Wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen the show fourteen times before drama school. Oh my god! Right, um, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Well, I think it was like. 11 or 12 before drum school and then a few more whilst I was at drum school because I just fell in love with it from a young age it was amazing and seeing a short actor on the stage and going oh my goodness that could be me I can relate to that short person Mm -hmm. I can relate to that story or I can I love musical theatre I love singing and dancing and that's what that character's doing so it was always like piped into me and people oh wow you'd be yeah, really good yeah, as Bach yeah. and it's that that whole thing but again as an adult now if it doesn't happen which I don't think it will anymore and I'm not sad about that because you never know what's around the corner yep. but I'm grateful and thankful for the opportunity I've auditioned for it and I'm I'm thankful for that that's a tick that's, mm-hmm. if I don't ever get any further with that I achieved a step closer to it and little Jack's happy with that. Yeah, completely, completely. And there's other more interesting Absolutely. things to discover. Yeah. Musicals that we haven't even, we don't even know about yeah, yet. Yeah, that are being written. As we speak. For us. <laughs> For us right now. Um, yes, that's uh, Tommy Knowles' job. Because um, <laughs> he'll listen to this. Hello, Tommy. Hello, darling. Um, so, yeah, okay. Um, all right, because I know you've got to I'm looking at time because mm. the man has to go and teach people how to teach be actors. The next generation, the next generation of Glenda Jacksons and Liam <laughs> McKellens. Um, so yeah, so your hopes and fears for the future, your life—not not fears. Let's drop fears. Just your hopes for the future 
as a as a human and as a performer what you know what say in five the next five years what would you like to reasonably would you like to happen that you could definitely foresee happening okay if you put the work in i would love to have got a good meaty play under my belt mm. another shakespeare mm-hmm. i really would love that not another one a few more shakespeare's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and at least a, a decent play um and hopefully some screen work mm-hmm. that would be mm-hmm. lovely um but ultimately to be carrying on in this industry and paying my mortgage yeah and, and living and being able to say I'm surviving as a performer whether that's with my teaching if I just within the end of these five years with that I just am now teaching I don't see that as a fear or a failure no absolutely not I see it no. as still another strand of the industry and I always say this we're so lucky as as artists as performers we're, we can we're malleable mm-hmm. we can go and do something and do something else and, and be able to survive rather than just going to university and doing one thing and then being limited I feel that our industry makes us yeah it, yeah it does make it forces you to be mm. and like you say it forces you to be your own business outside of just being an actor yeah um so yes we've kind of covered dream role all right so these are just uh without too much thinking just from the top of your head i'm gonna fire these at you right so favorite film of all time and why bridesmaids because it's absolutely hilarious i could quote it um yeah off the top of my head bridesmaids yeah yeah toilet scene in the sink yeah (laughs) don't look at me no megan brilliant (laughs) um favorite musical i wonder wicked (laughs) and we know why um, favourite food now it's a very tricky one now ladies and gentlemen I, <laughs> I, I shared a dressing room with Jack as you've now gathered and there was there were, there were three main um, sources of um, of energy coming into the room for Mr Everson mainly via chocolate <laughs> and crisps I'm saying three sweets sweets yeah, yeah. all those good Good All healthy th- vitamins. Yeah. So um so what's what's your what's your favourite chocolate? <laughs> My favourite chocolate would always have to be Galaxy. Definitely <laughs> not. Uh, and as we look at Jack has presented a giant <laughs> bar of Galaxy. As my um. token of joy. Um not Cadbury's. I'd have Cadbury's out of politeness. Um, <laughs> but it has to be from the fridge. Right. It has to right. be. I can't abide room temperature sweets sweaty sweets from a bag oh no again if you see me walking down the street never offer me a sweaty sweet from your bag pocket yeah a boiled sweet from the pocket no no thank you don't want it not gonna eat it no 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 um but crisps crisps are (laughs) yeah but i didn't interesting fact i didn't touch a single crisp through my whole three years of training how did you manage that because I told myself if I can do that I can do, do anything. anything because I've always been known as Jack and Crisps Jack and Crisps so for those three years I didn't touch a crisp and the um, the what they called what was she called Drew was her name so she was the dietitian the yeah the dietitian at college you had a dietitian yeah oh, this is wow. another yeah we had to do food diaries 
Oh my god! Oh no! Oh no! No! Yeah. So this is just now. I'm just thinking. We had to do food diaries. Yeah, and the girls, if they were a normal weight, were considered a health and safety risk in Padida. So the boys weren't allowed to lift them oh because of injuries. God. So, That's as you can imagine, awful. I had many friends that were 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 affected by that yeah. quite badly. So yeah, we had to do food diaries, um, and the dietitian and we had to explain about our habits and stuff which has its pros and has its cons mm, well yeah um because there was a girl in my year who sadly suffered really badly mm-hmm. um from an eating disorder and we had to address it the teachers didn't address it we and they went oh really i don't see anything wrong and she is the most incredible human being mm-hmm. ever the personality of a joy just mm-hmm. but it, it, it did it, it crumbled her she's now in uh, like flipped it round and she's smashing life right and so yeah it's, but it could have gone the other way it, it was so on the brink of it and and college didn't do anything about it they they blamed her and said you've got so much time to turn it around when actually it was them that had driven but that's a whole nother well no that's podcast. a podcast in itself <laughs> absolutely that's so terrifying. Yeah, I didn't do Chris for three years, and wow. and the dietitian said, "Don't, don't have them when you graduate because you will relapse." I thought she doesn't know what she's talking about, and since graduating, I have never not eaten crisps. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't need uh, at the moment. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all fine. good until it's not all good. Then, then yeah. just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I am. I really am. <laughs> um, and then your favorite word. Joyous, and your least favorite word. Oh goodness! Um, that makes you think of like it has the same effect as nails down the blackboard. Sort of that. There's a word that free instead of three. <laughs> that grinds my gears. Mm. Yeah, free and four. Think. Yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, free. yeah, yeah. I used to get told off for that as a child. Um, I, I do it myself as well, but it's it all right. is, yeah. When I hear it, I'm like, oh. yeah, it's all right. You can do it. Yeah, people can't. Other people, no, free. <laughs> <laughs> and um, your favorite, because I haven't, we haven't really touched on this, and I was supposed to do this earlier. But your favorite and most inspirational musician, pop star throughout life. Oh my goodness! Music. Somebody that's whether it's somebody now or somebody when you were younger that kind of gave you gave you life um i'd, I'd have to say s club seven <laughs> rachel rachel from s club seven i was obsessed with her i remember staring at a pepsi max bottle or a pepsi bottle in iceland <laughs> and i was on my own in Chichester, and i remember just staring because she was on the label right it was like a competition and i just so wanted to meet her um, Amazing! I thought she was brilliant, um, but yeah, S Club Seven S-Cup were 7. were my one and true love. So, ladies and gentlemen around the world, <laughs> people in the US who probably won't be quite so aware, um, have have a Google of S Club Seven, and you, it'll all make sense, mm. or not, or not. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> save yourself the time. Um, and finally, it's Jack Everson. If you would like King. 
queen of social media, <laughs> you'd like to give everybody all of your social media details. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at jpjack underscore everson. You can follow me on Twitter at jack underscore everson. Um, and that, that's it. Yeah, Instagram and Twitter. Fair enough. Honestly, ladies and gentlemen, do, <laughs> do, do follow because there's always the, the most active person on social media that I think I know. Um, and it's always fun. So definitely go. I will stick the links on the show page so people can just click to it as well. Follow me, honey. Follow you, honey. Follow you. <laughs> um, thank you very much. No, thank you. I've had and such a lovely day. We'll have you back again for more fun Yay. shenanigans in the future. Amazing. <laughs>